Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep the special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Corey. I'm going to get cold and then I'm going to get hot again and that's part of being in my 50s. Um, thank you. Hi, I'm Corey. I'm a compulsive... There's no microphone, right? No. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Let me know if you can and I'll... Um, my name's Corey. I'm a compulsive overeater and a restrictor. It's really nice to be here. Thank you, Michelle, for asking me to speak. Hello. I just realized I have a lottery ticket in my pocket, so maybe... Well, um, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I just realized it was in my pocket. Um, it's nice to be here. I came to Overeaters Anonymous in 1989. Um, I got here from Al-Anon, and if you've heard my story, you've heard me say this, but it's cheeky, so I, I like it. That um, I've heard that if you come to OA, no, if you come to AA through Al-Anon, you come in through the back door. If you come to OA through Al-Anon, you come in through the kitchen door. So <laughs> I came to OA through the kitchen door. Um, I uh, I didn't want to come. Though someone in I'm Al-Anon, I always say that my first spiritual experience in OA was that I mentioned to someone in Al-Anon that I was struggling with my food because I didn't really talk about struggling with my food. I didn't want you to know that I was struggling with my food. I... And, and I think some of that was ego, and some of that was I really believed that if I could convince you that I was okay with my food, that somehow that would make that true. Mm-hmm. Wacky thinking that we, we all have our own version of that. Um, and so it took a few times of me going back to my Alamon friends saying, you know, really tell me more about OA. And I finally came here, and I loved it from the second I got here. I, um, I was living in a really little town. There were two meetings a week. Um, I went to the Saturday, it was like Saturday and Monday or something like that, and um, I went to the Saturday meeting, and I loved it because I had so much shame around what I had done with food, what, you know, who I was compared to who I thought you were, and um, and I, uh, you all just were talking in just like plain, simple English terms about like eating food out of the trash, and um I don't know, all the other wacky things that you did. I'm not a vomiter, so I didn't do those things. But people were talking about things that seemed like if, if I had done those things, I would have been super shameful. And and I didn't think, like, oh, my God, what are they doing? I was like, oh, my God, I found my tribe. Like, I've, um, I, I just didn't. There were things I thought I would take to the grave that instantaneously I knew I didn't have to anymore. There was a lot more stuff that came out in, in um, step work and things like that. But, um just, I want to get some kind of history out of the way. I, um, let's see, 1989, so I was uh, 22 years old, um, and I was a young 22. I, um, I vacillated in this program between uh, being 100 pounds and being a lot more than that. I don't remember how much. I've been a size 2. I've been a size 16. Somewhere closer on on the lower end of that is where I am now, but I'm also, for those of you that can't see, I stand about four feet, ten inches tall, soaking wet and shrinking. Um, And so um, I don't weigh 100 pounds anymore. That's too little for me. And I I didn't have to think, well, 
okay, I need to gain weight, I had to think I need to work my program harder. Um, anyway, so those are my vacillations. Um, I, uh, I didn't understand what abstinence was in the beginning. We didn't have a tool of food plan yet. Um, abstinence was the tool. And at some point, abstinence got elevated to kind of like sobriety. And then we, it, we brought in this tool of food plan. And, and I love the distinctions between that. I've heard that a food plan is what I eat and an abstinence is what I don't eat or how I don't eat or the behaviors that I don't do. Um, and I didn't know what abstinence was in the beginning, and I was too afraid to ask. I got a sponsor right away. I started working the steps right away. It gave me something to do. I needed something to do. And my that must have been my higher power, who I didn't even understand was a thing yet. But um, because I, I didn't think, oh, the steps are a path to connecting with God. I can't wait to have my spiritual experience and give it away. I didn't think about any of that. I just... Um, I uh, I just know that knew that I was too afraid of you. <laughs> so if I could pick a sponsor and then we could talk about something like the steps, then it would give me a, a like an agenda to connect with you instead of like sitting and being real and vulnerable and all the things that I love about program now. I didn't um, <clears throat> vulnerability was not my friend when I was new. Um, uh, and I didn't, so what was I saying? So I didn't understand what abstinence was, and I didn't know to ask anybody. Like, if you're new and you have questions, please ask us. We can't wait to tell you, because it reminds us. Um, there are things that I forget, and I remember when I tell sponsees, or I tell newcomers, or, um, anyway, so uh, I know that on uh, a Saturday soon after I came into program, I got invited to go out to breakfast with a few of the women that were in the meeting. I think we were almost all women in that meeting, and there were like eight of us on a, on a busy Saturday. And they invited me to go to breakfast, and I, I was so anxious about it. And it wasn't so much that I cared that you saw me eating. I wasn't one of those kind of restrictors. But I was, um, I didn't know what it was okay to eat in front of you. Like, I wanted to know what you were going to think about my food so I could know you know, and, and I, so I, I don't remember what I ordered. It probably likely was the diet plate or the white egg whites or the something and something, you know, tomato or whatever. And um, someone at the table ordered, uh, I don't know, can I say, I can say foods, right? Someone at the table ordered pancakes and put syrup on her pancakes. And, and I thought, oh, I could, <laughs> I could add pancakes. <laughs> I was so worried about what you thought of my food. And I don't, honestly, I think I noticed what everyone else ate, but I don't think they noticed what I ate. Because they were too busy, like, talking about what did you think of the meeting? And, oh, my God, school. And we got finals are coming up or whatever. And um, I was just, I just wanted to be a good person. And I just wanted you to see me as a good person. Um, it took me a lot of years uh, in this program and working all the steps, and I'll, I'll jump on into the steps in a minute, to realize that um, I wasn't special enough to not have character defects. Like, I just thought, you know, I was a people pleaser, and I had heard somebody in, in my other program say that she had a feeling, sorry, I'm buzzing, um, she had a feeling that when she got to her ninth step that all of her amends were going to be to herself. And I thought, yeah, I could hang with that. That's, you know, yeah, I didn't think I had really harmed other people. And I, um, I had a lot of amends. I had financial amends. I had amends, um, living amends. I had amends to people who were no longer alive. I had 
yada yada yada. Um, and I've done almost all of them. There's there's one that I'm that I haven't done, and if I have time, I'll talk about that. It's it's a it's a tricky one, and it's someone who's passed, so it's not like I've got to hurry up. Um, I just have to do it before I die is my goal, um, and I feel like there will be some freedom in doing it, and 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 I'm working on it and talking about it with people, but. Um, when I came in, I, some people talk about coming in and they they just knew that they were powerless. I didn't know that I was powerless when I came in. I really believed that I just, I, I kind of thought that you were going to tell me how to manage my food and how to control my food and how to fix my food. And I didn't, I didn't really understand that all this emotional stuff and all this spiritual stuff was going to be a part of it. But I had been trying to fix my food for a very long time. So I'm grateful that there was more to the package than just what I had already been doing because it wasn't working. Um, so I came in and, and you all were talking. You the read, They read the steps. in. I was in Humboldt County and um, they read the steps, same steps that we all read down here. <laughs> when I got to L.A., I was like, oh, those are the same steps. Wow, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, so it was easy, you know. And um, I didn't, it probably took me... I don't know, I don't even know how many years of working the steps to really understand the concept of powerlessness and unmanageability. And um, it was so much more than just about food. I, um, I heard, and happy birthday, by the way, and, and welcome, welcome, uh, six, congratulations on six months and welcome. <laughs> You're there somewhere, trust me. Um, I saw that. Um, I uh, I heard the candle taker today talking about like the limited repertoire of feelings that you know, and I related to that. Um, I, my feelings were shame, which I don't think is a feeling, hunger, which is definitely not a feeling, uh, full, which was the flip side of the coin of hunger, and that's not a feeling. I mean, it's, it's a feeling, but it's not a feeling. It's not, um, and. Uh, and now I didn't have, you know, people, one of the things that happened in the beginning when I was listening to people in meetings is they were talking about sadness and anger and jealousy and, oh, my God, envy. It took me 10 years to be able to realize that I had envy. I, I just was so much, um, that was so powerful for me, that dark, that part of my darkness of being envious and um, and I, I couldn't face it. And, you know, maybe 10 or so years in, I could finally go, yeah, you know what, I'm envious, and it's not pretty. But um, I got this whole repertoire of, of feelings, and I got that from you guys. And I was smart. I was raised by people who were very, um, you know, they, they spoke well. My parents were both court reporters, so I grew up, and they were correcting my grammar. I knew all that stuff, but I didn't know, like, Oh, I feel sad, or I feel. Um, the other day, I felt intimidated, and um, I was in a place where someone said to me, "How are you feeling?" And it took me a minute, and I said, "Oh, I think I feel intimidated, and I feel defensive." And those are like nuances that I did not get about feelings. Anyway, so um, and all of that for me was part of the unmanageability of my life. I just had no idea what I was feeling, and I was trying to stuff it down with food. And it's not that coming up with a language by itself helped me not stuff it down with food or helped me not restrict or whatever, but it was a piece of the puzzle, was beginning to feel what I felt and beginning to acknowledge that, because um, my brain got confused. My brain said, when you have a feeling, you must be hungry, right? My brain is very, like, it's like binary, all or nothing, like, 
feeling hunger, you know, sleepy hunger, sadness, hunger, da, da, da. So um, I was talking about step one, and I completely got off track. Um, I, it took me a long time to really get that I, I'm powerless over food. And part of that was I didn't want to be helpless, and I didn't want to feel... Um, I just didn't see how it was going to be helpful for me in my eating disorder to admit that I was powerless. And it took me a long time to really get that. Um, and by the way, before I continue on in the steps, I just want to say there, there are different schools of thought that I've heard about um, when you should start working the steps. And some people say you need to be abstinent before you start working the steps. I'm of the school, and, and I, I don't... I'm not saying that that's not correct for those people. Just for me and my own experience, I got abstinent by working the steps. So, um, you know, you may find that your experience is one or the other or somewhere in between. Um, I worked the steps. I, I also had a relapse in there after working the steps. And, um, and somewhere in working the steps, in really getting step one is when I got abstinent. And um, that was December 5th of 1991, and so in a couple of days, God willing, um, maybe I'll come back next week and take a candle. I don't know. Um, so uh, the God stuff, steps two and three, I, um, I didn't believe in God when I came in. I didn't want to believe in God. I didn't see how God was connected with my food. And if there was a God, by the way, um, what, how could all this stuff happen? You know, there's a lot. There's some a lot of trauma. I have a lot of kind of generational trauma in my lineage that I know others of you in this room share, and I just didn't get how if there's a God, where is God in all that? And and you know, thirty some odd years into program, I still don't know where God is in all that. But what I know is that when I am feeling like I want to abuse my body with food, and I look to God, get down on my knees sometimes. Sometimes it's like on the 405, like. I'm going to, you know, I really want, I got dinner coming to me, boy, and I, boy, is it going to, you know, and I invite God in, it, the feeling lifts, the, the obsession lifts, and that's what I know. I, I don't know that I'll ever understand where God is in all the evil things in the world, and you know what, I don't have to, like, that's one of the things, too, that's been lifted. Um, part of the unmanageability for me in step one was I thought I had to understand it all and do it all and be a part of it all and be on every committee and every team and do this and do that and be in every birthday party show, you know, when I got to program and, um, and then like realizing, you know what, I don't, I'm on my HOA board. And so today they were putting up decorations and my office is in Santa Monica. I live in Culver City. I was speaking here at 530 and I thought I could race home and put up the decorations with them. I'm the president of the board. I should do that. And Mid-afternoon, about 3.30, I thought, I have to be in Brentwood at 5.30. I'm going to get there, be able to hang one thing on the, you know, what they're calling the Christmas tree. I know it's a Hanukkah bush. Just <laughs> hang in there with me on that. Um, and I thought, why am I doing that to myself? Like, why? Why? That's the unmanageability for me these days. It's not about food anymore. Um, <clears throat> most days, you know, some days. But um, not, not at all like it used to be. Um, so I, when I did the first three steps the very first time with that sponsor in Humboldt County, I, um, we went to the beach and we read about the first three steps. And, and I, I wanted to know, I didn't understand that it's okay to be new. I didn't understand that it's okay not to understand. 
now I know there's so much about the steps that I probably still don't get that I'm going to get one day. And there's so much that I do get. And, um, but I didn't get that it was, I'd never let myself be new. And now I'm kind of sad because I'm 30 some odd years in and I wish sometimes I could just be a newcomer. Um, and then, you know, people talk about beginner's mind or newcomer's mind or whatever. But, um, we read about the first three steps and afterwards I said to her, how do you know when you're done with the first three steps? And those of you that have some time in the program, you know kind of my snicker about being done with the first three steps because I don't think we're ever really done with the first three steps. But she said, well, do you understand that your life is unmanageable and uh, you know, you're know you powerless over food? And I looked at her and said, yeah. And, and I, didn't even, I didn't even know what that meant. And then um, she said, do you think maybe that there might possibly be something greater than you that can, you know, help you with food, restore your sanity, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, of course, <laughs> you know, because I didn't know it was okay not to, or to say, I'm not so sure about this. And then she said, are you ready to make that decision to turn? And I wasn't ready to do anything, but, but I said, yeah, because I, um, I didn't, I didn't want to, and I can't see that sign, by the way, so when it, you need to hold it up, hold it high. Um, <laughs> the people on the podcast are going to be like, what? She forgot her meds today. Um, I, uh, she said, are you will? and I said, yes, I'm ready to turn my will and my life over. And I didn't really understand that. And I have to tell you today, I have a good, I, I've worked through the steps a lot myself. I've worked through them with other people. Um, I have three people that I sponsor now, and they're all in various places of the steps. Some of them I work through all of the steps with them, and we're doing it again in a different way. Um, and I'm doing them again now in a different, through a workbook that's from my other program, but um, with someone who's also in OA. So we're doing, there's so many times that I've done the steps, and, and, um, and still in doing steps one, two, and three, and I realize there are still more things that I don't, always turn over to my higher power in step three that I don't make that decision. No, step three isn't about turning it over. It's about making the decision to turn it over. And for me, there's a freedom in that. Um, uh, I started to write my first four step and I never finished it. It was, it was too hard. That sponsor, that first sponsor said to me, um, pick your earliest memory and write everything going forward. And she may have said with food, I don't remember, but I just thought, I, I just hit a, I couldn't, I wasn't ready to face some of the stuff in my life. Um, but I did one, once I moved back to LA, I did a four step and I gave it away and it was the most magical experience. And the sponsor that I had here, she doesn't live here anymore, but she was amazing and sponsored a lot of people um, and always had time for all of us. And I, I did my four step and I, I sat down and I, I had said to her before I read it to her, you know, I'm not sure that I want to write some of this stuff down because I'm not sure that I'm ready to give it away. And she said, write it down. The fourth, the fourth step is writing it. The fifth step is giving it away. And when you get to the fifth step, if you don't want to read it, you don't have to read it. Trust, trust your higher power that you'll give away anything that you're meant to no longer carry or some, some language like that. Um, and, I, and I wound up reading her everything. There was something that I really didn't want to read her that... Um, I've never shared on a group level and probably never will, but I did share it one-on-one -on -one with a few different people, and, um, and I gave it away to her, and there was such a freedom in that. And I really wanted, I, I heard a lot of people talk about, they, they talked about giving away their four-step and having all of these feelings come up. And um, I didn't have any feelings come up when I gave away my four-step the first time. I, um, 
I was so shut down and so intellectualized and so, you know, whatever. I had packed things in so deeply that it, that getting abstinent and giving away that first four step wasn't when all my feelings came up. A few four steps later, I cried on my way to giving away my four step. Um, I cried when I got to my sponsor's apartment. I uh, cried when I started reading. She said, let's do a prayer. I cried all the way through the prayer. So at some point, my feelings came back, but not that first time. And that's okay. I didn't, I felt bad about it because it didn't look like what I saw you doing. And um, and I noticed, which is one of the things that I do, one of my character defects, I looked at all the people in the room whose feelings were coming up and compared myself to you. And I didn't look at all the people like me who were over-intellectualized, you know, um, shut down, packed down, packed like a, I, I don't even know what, and go, oh, we're, you know, we're um, lomismo, you know, and um, I just compared myself to what, what I didn't have. And um, I don't do that so much anymore. But anyway, um, so I gave away, I've given away many fifth steps at this point, many four steps in my fifth step. And I don't remember how many, but it's been really freeing for me. I feel like this is really boring. I just noticed, I think I'm boring myself. So I'm not gonna go through, I'm just gonna, we'll see where I go. Oh, six and seven, I have to tell you about six and seven. So. Um, I uh, I didn't know myself very well when I came in. I um, it, it was I'm gonna try and do this without. Um, it was a really good idea in my family to kind of know uh, my parents well and know what made them angry and what set them off and where you know when the next shoe was going to drop to try and anticipate that. Not that I ever could because it wasn't linear and it didn't make sense. But so I got really good at sensing when you took a deep breath and what I thought that meant or when, you know, I called and my sponsor seemed a little bit irritated with my call. I would, you know, make that all about me. And I, I just was really good. I wasn't, I didn't understand who I was. And, um, even though I would have said to you, I totally know myself. I, I didn't have any idea. And I was really glad that in one of the fourth and fifth steps that I did, that one of my sponsors sort of tracked my character defects because I didn't, um, I wouldn't have known what to write down. And now I tell, thank God for the internet, which we didn't have at that time. Now I tell sponsees, if you don't know what your character defects are, Google list of character defects AA, and you'll get like a, sh a, a whole boatload of character defects and just pick the ones that fit you. And that's been helpful for them. We didn't have the internet back then, um, the electronic oracle. But um, so let's see. So there are more steps. Uh, maybe I'll get to them. But I, I want to just not be so boring about this. Um, I. Uh, Let's see. I'm also a type 1 diabetic, by the way, and I um, I should just say I'm a little bit scattered today. I, I, had, I, I, had a, I went for a long walk today, and I'm usually really good about I eat my fruit, and I go for a walk, and my blood sugar crashed, and then my blood sugar crashed, and then it bounced back up again, and so I'm a, I'm a little out of my element. But um, I... Um, the way I used to eat and the way I eat now, it looks vastly different. And that is the least, I heard someone say recently, that is the least exciting thing about me. Like, that, that I mean, it's pretty exciting for me, but it's the least exciting thing about me. Um, I, uh, for the most part, in, unless I'm talking about my mother, <laughs> um, I tend to lead in the world with compassion. And I didn't do that when I came in. I didn't, um, I learned here how to be compassionate. I learned here how to, 
um, you know, when I, I had that thing about that we talk about in the promises, the nine step promises, fear of people and of economic insecurity, and that included being terrified of newcomers. And so over the pandemic, I noticed that that was coming back again because I was going to all of these Zoom meetings. So I took a commitment to call the newcomers at, at uh, and it was only for a month at this one meeting that I go to. And so I learned, and that's just an example of the ways that I've learned about contrary action. You know, in here, I, um, I've learned that when I'm struggling with something, if I do the opposite or I do something, you know, that, um, that, it, that it'll shift my relationship to whatever that thing is. And being afraid of people, again, that was coming up for me. And calling newcomers was fantastic because I got to challenge myself and see, okay, all right, maybe it's scary, maybe it's not, but hi, how are you? You know, while it's ringing, please don't answer, please don't answer. <laughs> voicemail, voicemail, hi. Um, hi, it's Corey from the Tuesday meeting. Um, so let me just tell you about how I work my program. I think that'll jumpstart me. Um, I, uh, I go to a meeting almost every day these days, um, sometimes not on Saturdays, so you guys are my special event for the week. Um, I, at the beginning of the pandemic, no, somewhere midway in the pandemic, I retired from my day job, and I had all this time on my hands, and I found that I woke up at five in the morning like I had done for my normal work days, and I wound up going to OA.org and picking out some meetings that worked for me, and I wound up getting connected with this um, OA Footsteps, which is the virtual intergroup, this amazing meeting at 6 a.m. If you're ever up, I would be happy to share the information. It's a big meeting. And it's a big meeting like we used to have big meetings like um, Serenity Sunday or uh, Friday Night Thalians, if anybody's that old in this program and you remember that. Um, it was a huge speaker meeting. And these meetings are just massive. And, and I'm getting to know the regulars. And I log on early and I... Um, chit chat with them and I'm like hey how are you how does how does your husband's surgery and how was your you know this and oh, you went to visit your mother or you moved you know I'm just learn lear like I was when I was new I'm I've got these connections with these people and I'm um in the mornings I'm excited to go to my meetings again and I was starting to not be so excited about it. I wasn't getting to enough meetings before the pandemic and something about the pandemic and being able to go from one room to my kitchen make my coffee and sit in front of my computer, jammy's still on, you know, hair still all messy, and um, jump in a meeting. So I go to meetings six, at least six days a week these days. Um, I sponsor three people, and they're all in various stages of the steps, and they're all very different people. One person I've sponsored for a really long time, and um, if, you, if you feel like you should be a sponsor and you don't know how to be a sponsor, my experience, strength, and hope is take on a sponsee and let them teach you. And it's not that they tell you how to be a sponsee, but 10 minutes. Okay, so I, I wanted to have some time for questions too. But um, I have the sponsee who's so willing. And, um, and, I, and in the beginning, we had some issues because I wasn't sure how to sponsor. I had been sponsored, but I hadn't really ever sponsored before. And things came up for us together, and, um, and we had to talk about it. And... It was amazing, and and we're you know she's um, and it just continues to work. So if if you don't know how to sponsor, get a sponsee. Um, see what else. Um, I meditate not regularly. I had a sponsor, but 
I mean, I, I kind of live, I try and live in a meditative way. When I get agitated, I pause, and that's my meditation. I don't have a morning routine where I get up and meditate. My wife and I are um, trying to read the On Awakening together. She's in another, she's in the beverage program, and um, so we read the On Awakening together most mornings, and um, I recorded it on my phone, so if I don't read it with her, we, we trade off reading. If I don't read it with her, I can, I can close my eyes and, and play it on my phone. Um, I work all the tools on the list, not, maybe not every day, but I make tons of phone calls. Um, I just do what you all told me to do and what it says in the literature to do. Um, I wasn't, uh, let's see, okay, I want to quickly just say, um, when I came in, we didn't have OA literature yet. We didn't have our own 12 and 12, and I didn't like the big book. I didn't like that it said alcohol. I couldn't translate, right? I'm smart, right? I told you I was smart, but somehow translating alcohol to compulsive overeating was a little too much for me. So, um, And mostly I didn't like it because, like I did with people in the room, I compared myself to all the parts of the book that didn't, the where I didn't see myself. And um, I started about 15 or maybe 20, maybe it's, I don't know, 25 years ago, going to a big book study. And now I, there's so few parts of the book that I really don't relate to. Um, and it, there really is magic in the big book, including um, pages 86 through 88, which is the On Awakening that I try and read every morning with my wife, that tells me to pause when agitated. So magic, right? So much magic when I'm, and being agitated could mean I feel like I'm hungry, but I'm really tired, or, you know, there's a pause that I've built in. Um, the last thing that I'll say is I remember years ago saying to a sponsor that I didn't have time to pray. She's like, well, I want you to pray every day, and then I want you to pray before your meals, and it was like, pray, 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 and I just thought, yeah, I can't, I'm not allowed to swear, otherwise I would be like, yeah, and um, I would swear, and, and she said, because sponsors can be kind of wise in this way, she said, um, then you live prayerfully. And, and I was like, you know, that I can do. And so some days I praying on the four, I'm praying on the 405. Some days I'm doing the unawakening in the morning and getting quiet with my wife, and we're having a moment of silence together. Um, but everything, you know, everything that I do when I sit down to have a meal, that's when I do pray. And that's when I do, I pray and I let this be enough. God, let this be enough. And um, anyway, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm so all over the place today, but... I'm super great to be grateful to be here. Um, this program really works. It works. It really does, like it says in the big book. And um, I wanted to have some time for questions, so that's all. So I think we have a few minutes for questions. Yeah. Thank you so much, Corey. Um, can you talk about your experience um, going through steps four through nine subsequent times? Like after you did the first time, um, did you find repetition? Did you go... Um, did you only do your your step work on the time since you had done the step work class? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the question is, can I talk about working steps four through t four through nine subsequent to the first time? Um, and did I only do my steps on the new stuff, or did I go back on the old stuff? So, um, you know, it says. A searching and fearless moral inventory. And that meant different things to me as I got more acquainted with who I was and I had more spiritual awakenings. Um, I worked them in different ways. That, the first sponsor that I did them with had me write them the columns from the big book. 
And I didn't really understand what she was saying, and she said, well, go back to the big book and read it, and you'll figure it out. And we didn't have the internet yet where you could download sheets and things, but... Um, and the, I've done inventory since then on some of the same topics, but I've had deeper understandings of those. Um, uh, in six and seven, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really, in the beginning, I, I wasn't able to see all my character defects. And, and then in working deeper four steps, I was able to see more of my character defects. Now I see they all kind of have themes. And my themes are a lot of jealousy, a lot of envy, um, feeling left out, those kinds of things. Um, and that stuff just came up later. But, you know, again, on some of the same topic, on, on growing up in a very affluent school where we weren't affluent people, and I, you know, and, and, and I had all that sort of like, oh, my God, less than feeling coming up again. And so, um, and on my ninth step, I worked, um, I had new amends. I mean, I still sometimes will go, oh, my God, there, I totally didn't even remember that amends that I needed to make. So there's still stuff. Um, but I didn't think, oh, well, I've done all that, so I'm not going to write on my parents anymore or this or that. Yeah. It just sort of, I just wrote on whatever came up. And, yeah. Sure. Natalie. Thank you so much. Um, what is your daily relationship with your higher power? Maybe you can describe it. My daily relationship with my higher power? Um, yeah. So, like I said, sometimes I start out with direct communication. Um, and I, uh, by, by doing the unawakening and then, and listening, so it's like bi-directional, um, someone that, uh, I'm working the steps with right now ta taught me about a two-way prayer. So I write to God and I hear back from God and, and it's in writing. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but God, my higher power, I call God cause it's easy. It's an easy shorthand. I don't even know. It's a she, I think these days, the loving mother. But um, I feel like she's in everything that I do these days, mostly. I mean, once in a while, I'm like, wow, that wasn't very kind. Um, but usually, like, even when I'm, when I'm not kind, I bring God into it. Like, the other night, I had to tell my wife, I'm really cranky tonight. So just know it's not about you. And I will do my best not to take it out on you. And God was in that because I really wanted, I wanted to pick a fight with somebody because it would have been cathartic for me, but that's not who I am anymore. So that had to be God because that was bigger than me. Um, so yeah, sometimes it's active. Sometimes it's really passive, just like, oh, Corey, we don't do that anymore. So let her know that you're cranky and move on, you know? So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. How do you trust God? Wow. You know what? Sometimes, yeah, so, sorry, I didn't repeat your question either. How do I trust God? So that's a great question. Um, sometimes I don't, and I make it okay not to. Like, I, I, I do know, you know, there's this thing in science, test, retest, reliability. I do know that when I hit my knees and turn my food over to God, that the cravings lift. <clears throat> so I... Um, I, I have absolute trust in that. There's things, like I said, in the world that I don't trust. And, and I used to live in this very binary, like you either trust or you don't trust. You know, God is or God isn't. And I love that line from the big book, but I'm like, I don't know. God's in my food, but where, where was God in the Holocaust? I don't know. Um, and I don't even know how to make sense of where God was and all that. So I don't know. I let it be okay that I sometimes don't trust, you know. So great question. You're welcome. Um, I was wondering, uh, you mentioned talking about forecasting, how people 
would um, behave towards you and, and changing your behavior mm -hmm. to kind of take a temperature of the room and, and, and control the temperature of the room. Um, can you talk about um, how you came to, um, I guess, repair that? So the question is, in, in my share I talked about um, forecasting and trying to intuit what other people were feeling and how did I repair that. Um, <clears throat> well, I started to learn who I was and what I was feeling. And when I started to feel like I'm walking into a new room of people and everybody hates me, to say, you know, what do I think about myself? What do I think about them? Or when I was dating, my wife and I have been together a long time, but when I was dating and I used to go, oh my God, I hope she likes me, I hope she likes me. And someone said to me, why don't you leave that to God and see if you like her? Like, and maybe she'll like you, maybe she won't. Maybe you're going to like her a lot and she's not going to like you at all. And you know what? You're going to survive that. So I, I think I just got more of a, um, I built more of a relationship with myself. And it matters less. Not that it doesn't matter that I still think. I mean, it helps that, you know, my father and stepmother are gone. And so there's fewer people that I actually, from the scene of the crime. But, um, yeah. I, th I think everything that I could tell you all boils down to my relationship with God and my relationship with myself. Whatever questions you have, by the way. Thank you. That's my time. Oh, thanks. Okay. It is now time for our seventh tradition. While we have no dues or fees, we do have expenses for this week.